Quilt on a God family. Check this out. This episode is going to be great. I promise you. So I'm not going to spend too much time in the intro at all because I want to get right into the episode as quickly as possible, man. So um, let's start here. I'm thankful once again for another opportunity to, to spread knowledge and information through this platform. Uh, I'm thankful that God has given me this platform and this idea uh, to continue uh, spreading the, the message of financial literacy to the, the black Christian community, man, and to anybody else who might be listening as well. Um, you're always welcome, right? Nobody is excluded, uh, but but we are concentrating on, on those who have traditionally uh, been left out of this uh, particular sector uh, of information, right? And so, uh, with that being said, uh, if you guys please remember to to follow us on Black Wealth Under God. Follow us on. Instagram and on Facebook at Black Wealth Under God, on TikTok at Black Wealth Under God as well. Questions, concerns, ideas, topics, feel free to email me at blackwealthundergod at gmail.com. As always, please remember ratings, reviews are greatly appreciated. Remember to subscribe as well. Favorite the podcast, you know, whatever platform you you're able to listen on, please do the to do so accordingly. Right. With whatever platform you're using. If you can't leave a rating or a review, share the links to the episode, you know, do something to, to help continue to get the word out about the podcast, man. And it is again, it's greatly appreciated, like I always say. And I hope you guys will, will continue to do that and we can continue to grow this thing out and continue to learn from each other. Um, so this week. Got Sekou Brown and Humphrey Brown on the episode talking about their film Inherited. Uh, this is cool for me because as a as a film fan, uh, just seeing my worlds come full circle like this has <laughs> has been uh, a heck of a thing to see. Right, nothing, none of my own doing. Right, I didn't I didn't ask for this. They 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 can, you know Sekou reached out to me and. And um, I, I'm so happy that he he made multiple attempts, right? Because you you get a lot of people reaching out to you about different things, and you never know who's who's who or who's saying what, who's trying to scam you. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I'm so grateful. He he just stayed persistent, man. And I'm and I'm you know I watched this film and uh, I was impressed, man. I, I was really impressed, and I think the message is so important uh, about about leaving a legacy for your family and and speaking of leaving a legacy and the film titled inherited uh, i thought this would be a good a good scripture for the week and so we've got proverbs thirteen twenty two that says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous and uh, again just concentrating and then focusing in on that that first part um as men and leaders of the household, it is imperative that we put ourselves in position to obtain knowledge, information, and and have access to the things that we need to have access to so that we can leave an inheritance for, for not only our children, but their children as well. And, and just leave that sort of lasting legacy that is so often not done in our communities, right? And so, and, and also for... My, my women that are there out there holding it down, man, this is important for you as well, right? It's not just men, right, that are that are providers and, and that are holding it down in the households, right? There are a lot of women out there who are holding it down. And so these are important conversations universally, 
you know what I'm saying? I don't want to make anybody feel like they're being left out or anything like that. Men, women alike, this is important conversations that we need to have because each and every one of us and for married couples as well in unison, this needs to be a conversation that is had because as parents, I'm not a parent myself, but as the word would tell you, it's important to leave a legacy and leave an inheritance for those who who come after you. So, uh, again, I don't want to uh, <laughs> want to make anybody feel excluded, so I want to make sure to get that in as well. Hopefully, you guys uh, knew that before I said it, but you know, it had to be said. So, you know, with that being said, again, I didn't don't want to don't really want to take too much time here. I've already talked enough, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, let, let's get right into it, man. Remember, scripture. Proverbs 13:22 please leave your ratings, reviews and subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Be sure to follow Seku Brown and Humphrey Brown. We'll get their we'll get their ads and things like that uh, in the episode. So listen the whole way through so they can so they can give you that information and let's get to it. In Jesus name. Let's get it. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good, man. So let me just go ahead and do a do a quick introduction here. So Black Wealth and I Got Family, uh, please help me welcome a couple of brothers who are using their uh, unique platform to shed light on some incredibly important conversations in our communities. I want to start off by introducing Mr. Uh, Seku Brown, uh, who's a writer and producer. And then we are also joined by uh, Mr. Humphrey Brown. Uh, who's a director, producer, and an actor. Fellas, thank you for, for coming on. And, and again, thank you for being flexible with the time. <laughs> Man, a pleasure. I'm, um, like I said, I, uh, I'm also a consumer of the podcast, man. Um, I try thank to, you. To, thank you. To stay aware of what's happening on these, um, these internet streets, Especially as it pertains to um black Christian content, um yeah, yeah. creators, man. And I, you know, the 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 idea of your podcast, Black Wealth Under God, I think is a dope one. Thank you. Um, you know, there's many conversations we avoid in the body of Christ or don't really address adequately enough. Mm-hmm. One is um sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like we 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 deal with the high level offering tide, but you know, specifically on how to manage money, which your podcast kind of goes into a little bit more depth, depth on. We um we we tend to avoid and we and we need it particularly as uh melanated folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so like I said, love love your podcast, man, and definitely um honored to be on here today. Very much appreciated. Very much appreciated. So, guys, I want to give you both a second to just kind of, you know, introduce yourselves to, to the people who may or, you know, may not be as familiar with your, your work just yet. So, uh, Seiko, if you want to go ahead and start off and then, Humphrey, you can kind of follow up and, and uh, tag team from there. Okay, cool. Well, Seiko Brown, um, as um, Breezy mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah I'm a uh, I, I would consider myself like a, a Christian content maker, um primarily when it comes to um films, um but we're 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 branching off and moving into the podcast space. But to date, um, you know myself and my 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 good brother here that's with me, um Humphrey, we've produced three short films, one of which we'll be discussing today. And um uh, man, I I just you know and I've ri- I've written on there. I've done some production work. Um, as well um but you know overall my my goal is just to tell rich stories about the black christian experience man mm-hmm. um, 
So, so yeah, that's what that's what I do. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. No, ditto. Um, Humphrey Brown um, started out uh, as an actor, uh, primarily done a lot of professional theater, and then kind of uh, transitioned to directing. First, starting in in theater, and then uh, branching into film with uh, my brother Seku here. And um, you know, it's really been. Um, it's really been a learning experience and a um, and something very rewarding um, to transition from theater to film. Uh, I only, I've only, uh, it's funny, I've only directed stuff that this brother has written, and so and so it's like you know, it's not like I haven't had opportunities to to look at other things or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just, you know, everything starts with the written page, and and Sekou and I have a great chemistry and a great. Uh, way of working together and so it's been really great to uh, take this journey uh, with my brother man and um, yeah it's, it's been good it's been really good yeah man so let me ask you this to start off here so how, how'd you both meet have you have you known each other for a while <laughs> yeah man it's, it's, it's funny man it's it's um we, we actually met in church you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we you know, we we know as believers, nothing happens on accident, man. God's providential hand has a way of kind of orchestrating things. And um, we we both were, were drawn to, you know, our man of God and our ministry, him longer than I. I kind of mm-hmm. came later. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we kind of met at church and we were all kind of both in our own little corners. You know, sure. what I mean? he, he, he does. I mean, I, I knew he was a thespian. Oh, and, you know, he does a ton of work with our, our church's media team. And and for me personally, like, you know, God has kind of ordered my steps to through through frustration of what I've seen in church. I didn't grow up in church. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, real early on, once I got saved, I realized I can do spoken word, uh, um, you know, um, you know, by working with youth and, you know, they was trying to do some hip hop stuff and. I was like, man, what are y'all doing? If you're going to do it, do it like this. And, right. and then realize I had the gift to actually do it. Um, and in similar fashion, when it comes to film, you know, working with youth, working with young adults, you know, saw there was a real deficiency there in terms of like quality content to, to use to make our Christian experience more palatable and more real and relatable to them. Um, not that there wasn't anything, um, you know, for, for us black folks, a lot of the time there wasn't stuff produced by us right. for us, for us. So I had to go over the fence and get things that that worked. Um, but then outside of that, just from a connection standpoint, you know, our, our experience is so unique. So there wasn't things in place that kind of spoke directly to our experience. So that led me to, to kind of pin my first short film. And which was trash until Humphrey looked at it. <laughs> so it made me kind of see the, um, the, the value of a director, right? Who sure. you know, is one thing that to, to, the writer writes it, but then the, the director has a vision of how it plays out um, in a film. So he kind of helped me there. And then, like he said, man, our chemistry just kind of grown. That, fir- um, that first film was a film called Amazing Grace, which, you know, was a story about an unsaved couple and what happens when, you know, one of them decides, hey, I want to have a relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so like I said, him and I worked together on that. And then we ended up doing another piece about a Bible study go- goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <laughs> interesting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a, a brother you know, at a church gets invited to a, a Bible study, for a young adult Bible study um, hosted by this girl at the church. And he shows up 
And um, she had other plans in mind. I won't spoil it because um, I'm hoping, um, you know, I'm <laughs> okay, see that as well. It's called Don't Even Go. And I'll provide links for, for you to kind of catch, um, track these films. And uh, and then our recent film, Inherited, man. So so that's how we connected. Humphrey has a probably probably a different take on how we connected, man. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. <laughs> no I, I definitely co-signed everything Ku has said. Um, to be sure. So I've just, you know, as he was talking about this, it's amazing to me because you know, I was um before, you know, as he mentioned, I've been a member of this church uh, for a while. You know, I, I started out as a youth and I was like 15 years old, but then went away to school. I was on the East Coast. The church is in Houston uh, currently, but I was on the East Coast. And um, uh, when I came back, you know, well, let me back up a second. On the East Coast, it's funny because, you know, God put me in a situation where he was like, look, you can go ahead and try and be an artist and an actor for the world or you could be an actor for me. Mm-hmm. And he and, and and that that's a whole long story for another for another podcast, probably. But mm-hmm. uh, the situation he put me in was so amazing. And it was like, well, you know, I decided I was going to I was going to only do it um, for 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 God. And like Sekou mentioned, I was just not seeing the quality and caliber of and our types of stories being out there. Of course, right. there were a lot of you know, evangelical films out there and there's always the sports film. It's always the, you know, the guy who's down in his luck and you know, whatever. We don't even believe in luck. It's not theology, not, the, not doctrine, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always these stories out there and uh, they weren't, I wasn't seeing, you know, uh, people of color enough. If they were in the story, there was always somebody's deacon or somebody's, you know, some side role or something like that. And mm-hmm. it was all this this white evangelical is the the savior or the main person that was whatever so i just wasn't seeing real stories out there so it's it was it's it's great um and, and truly amazing to me how god will once you make a decision for him he'll put you around people that you know share a common vision and and when i met say cool like he had mentioned he was newer to the church and uh you know he was uh dating uh, uh one of our one of our one of our long time members assistant in the church who i'd known for a long time before i even knew him mm-hmm. and so as well, you know as a, as a brother in christ i'm always checking out new brothers coming in trying to highlight the sisters i'm like okay who is this cat <laughs> yeah. coming in with all this all these smarts <laughs> but say cool is uh he was cool man and like i say we just gravitated jointly uh around each other via the common vision of wanting to see our stories mm-hmm. um, out there. And they're just real stories that involve people who are believers, period. Right. You know, we're not, we're not overly proselytizing, you know, we're not overly doing anything, but yet and still every, everything that we do, every story that we tell will have a kingdom message and, and, and a kingdom, uh, kingdom of God undertone. So I'm just, you know, as he was talking about that and got me just reminisced, it's just amazing how God will put you together. You just got to, you know, be in the right, be in the path and make the decision and he'll, he'll truly order your steps. It's, it's pretty remarkable. No, that that's a fact, man. It's, it's interesting that you say that and you talk about common vision. Um, you know, I, I, when I started this thing out, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to use my background to kind of talk about some things here and there to try and uh, shed some light on, you know, financial literacy and things like that. And, um, you know, you pay attention to the podcast, just trying to continue getting better at the craft and you, people always have guests on things like that. So I'm like, okay, 
I would like to have some guests on, but you know, I don't want to have the same conversations over and over again. And, and so when you talk about common vision, as, as things have progressed uh, for me in this space, it's it's just, it's pretty cool to have people like, like yourselves having reached out and, 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 you know, kind of tapped in with me and try to, you know, we're able to have the same conversation, but in a different way, right. You guys are uh, representatives from the, from the film industry. And um, as a, as a guy who would, um, like to call myself a big movie fan <laughs> always in the theater. This is something that's uh, super interesting for me uh, because, um, and, and Seiko, I don't know if you've, uh, on previous podcasts, I've, I've mentioned this, but I actually started a movie podcast first. Yeah, I'm going to say, I remember, you, I, I haven't heard the podcast, but I remember you saying it once. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. And it was, um, the struggle that I was actually running into was, man, I, as this is like my first endeavor into like something entrepreneurial, uh, you know, to a certain extent, I'm like, OK, I want to be able to give God glory and and do mm-hmm. something that is aligned with the kingdom agenda. And I was really struggling with that in the movie space, um, not just <laughs> integrating it, but even finding content that I could talk about. And you know what I mean? So it's um. It's just interesting that now that I've kind of switched up everything that I'm doing and having a completely different conversation that has kind of come full circle right back to where, where things started, man. So this was um so this was this was really cool, I, I gotta say. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So so inherited. Um before we before we dive too deep into that. What what do you guys like um, film backgrounds? Like, do, have you always been like film heads, or is it something that's been uh, more recent? How how'd you both get into it? Yeah, I, man, you know, I'll hop in here. I, like, in terms of actual film, I would say, as I mentioned, I was just a lover of good film, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can, you know, I'm a bit of a, I've always a nerd. Grew up you know, reading a lot of black literature, you know, their eyes were watching God to the coldest mm. winter ever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I, I, yeah. I, I love black stories. And then Classic. I love, yeah, I love film. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. You know, like Spike Lee and Singleton. And, you know, I, I like white directors and stuff well, but I, I can always sure, sure. appreciate like a real good story. But, you know, I, I never wrote anything. I never got behind the camera or nothing like that. I was just an admirer. And like I said, like when when God created that situation where there aren't any resources, you're going to have to create them. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, you know, like I said, it's like, it it forced me to pen my first script. Yeah. Um, I ended up, you know, um, you know, Hey, you know, got to thank the the wifey for kind of getting me even a little bit to honing my, my, my cinematography eye. Cause she bought me my first camera, which got, you know, got me to taking pictures more, you know what I mean? So yeah. and then eventually I got a video camera and got it and was able to transition even smoother in the video because I had spent a couple of years doing photography. Right. So, um, but yeah, but all of it, man, all of it has been, you know, being a believer, you know, being, you know, being within ministry, work in church community. And like I said, wanting to, to create the stuff. So I, you know, I, I would say I have no background. Everything I've learned really is was from YouTube university and uh, <laughs> never, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, sir. 
No, that's that's real. That's real. I mean, similar. I mean, of course, you know, being an actor, I've done, you know, films and, and, and well, independent films, you know, never anything on a major production on a major studio or anything like that. You know, doing the whole poor starving artist thing on the East Coast. You know, I did a couple of independent films there. And then even before that, just in Austin with a uh, done some independent projects with a with a guy now is actually a he's a big time Hollywood director out there doing doing TV shows and whatnot. But anyway, but uh but yeah, similar to to what Sekou was saying, is it's like, you know, uh when I was when you know you put into a position where you know either you're gonna you know do do it you know for god or you're gonna do it for for uh you know for the world and and you're not seeing um the resources that you may uh need or seeing the representation that you want you know god just kind of orchestrates everything and so you know similar to ku i grew up of course watching you know everyone i mean of course spike lee is one of one of one of our heroes we share that but for me it also Denzel, you know, for me, is the gold standard, you know, far as for acting is concerned, you know, and that's that's no big secret, you know. But um, for for me, just seeing watching his progression, um, actor to director, you know, it's been very, um, very. Uh, uh, it's said a lot to me because that's the kind of tra- trajectory that I've taken, you know, from acting. I still do acting now. I mean, I was just in a. In a, in a in a film called Changes, which is out on Tubi now, and you know I'm still I would still take parts, you know, where I felt that uh, you know it had some kind of message. I you know I, I really don't as an actor I'm, uh, and 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 a director, and I really don't want to do anything that doesn't have some spiritual component to it. So right. you know, far as film backgrounds is concerned, yeah, I, I I watched a lot of secular stuff, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and I still watch a lot of secular stuff. I mean, you know, you don't go to hell for watching secular movies, right? But you know, it's just about always. You know, now I look at them differently because when you're in a position where you're making films and when you're, you know, and when you're doing a lot of things, you look at them from a different perspective. Like me and say, cool, we're joking about the other day how like everything that we look at now, we're like, oh, how many locations they got? What that sound like? Ooh, you know, why they keep casting that person, this person, you know, like, mm. we, you know, think like producers now and it's so different. Right. And, and just something to, you know, I, I don't want to send us somewhat down a rabbit hole, but um, I, I think there's a lot of value in looking at secular films because they're all about telling the good stories, right? telling good stories. And you contrast that to a lot of the, the, the Christian type films that are out there. And I, although I think the intent of those Christian filmmakers is comes from a good place, right? They want to glorify God. You know what I'm saying? They want to mm-hmm. make it great. Um, oftentimes, though, the films are a little heavy handed and they, they feel almost like mini sermons, kind of like yeah, yeah. And you, you get away from telling us, you know, you get away from the story driving even the particular point you want to share. Exactly. Just get mm-hmm. right into the preaching of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And it's, like it, it's it, it takes away and it it really and it, it's contrary to our faith right because oftentimes we we hide a lot of the realness mm-hmm. right because you know if you really open up the scriptures man like you know stuff pop off about page two I mean there there's yeah. no trail <laughs> yeah I mean you know women giving up the good like I mean it, it's just all kinds of story like God wasn't hiding any of yep uh, of the stuff we do like we do in Christian films. Like he mm-hmm. was very, you know, if you uh, and I ain't talking about the familiar, there's stories in the Bible of some stuff where, 
You know, like like it's pretty. It's stuff that I don't want my daughter reading until she old. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in, in the holy oh. scriptures, right? So um, but yeah, man. So but so like I said, we get a lot of value of watching secular films because you know we become better storytellers. Like you know, mm-hmm. as we know how to you know chew the meat, the good part of it, which is the storytelling, cinematography, the costuming, all the the stuff, and spit out the bones which is you know some some stuff that may be contrary to our beliefs you know what I mean right. so yeah but uh but yeah but no it's, it's great it's great value and I didn't really realize you know um how much my subconscious was really learning from being a partaker in good art until I like Humphrey said we got over to the producer side I'm like man like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it was a lot of things about how they did it I was like I was I was paying attention to but not consciously you know right I mean? right right Ends up kind of benefiting us now as um, producers. No, yeah, that, I mean that's that's an interesting point, man. I mean, so there's a lot of value in the in the secular world, right? I think even with podcasting, I was I didn't start off listening to you know a religious podcast or you know anything like that. It was a movie podcast, sports podcast. It was stuff like that, and it was just that that hunger in me to do something along those lines where it was like, okay, how can I do this in a way that might be kingdom oriented? You know? So it was just, it can, it can provide guidance, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it, I think it's important, you know what I mean? And, and like you guys said, it helps inform us on, on what's, on how we can reach different cultures, you know, different people. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely think it's important, you know, even even if we don't necessarily agree with some of the information that's being spread, I, I, it's still useful uh, to be able to know, all right, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on here. How can I take this information and sort of flip it um, and and spread a message that 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 might shed light on something that, that that's uh, kingdom oriented? So, um, yeah, definitely. it's definitely important. Definitely important. You're, you're a producer and creator now, right? Like, so we actually, once you start producing, you actually get inspired by seeing people doing other stuff. Yes. Particularly in your vein, right? I, I saw a little clip from Kirk Franklin and he was blown away by this halftime show at the Super Bowl. Like he was mm-hmm. like, he's like, yo, I'm ready to go out and create some stuff now. You yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, I, I felt him. Like I felt that as a creator. Mm-hmm. Like, when you see some good stuff, it's like, like, man, what you doing with your life? You need to get out here. You know what I'm saying, man. Like, man. And, and, and also, you know, keep it keep it a buck. When you get inspired and then you create something, you are now. It's not like God was like, "Oh, you out here in the same marketplace as these others." No, you you're supposed to be a light in the marketplace. You know, right? Like Paul went and and taught and and philosophized and waited, let all the philosophers kick their philosophies. But he was there in the marketplace, and you as a podcaster, us as as film producers and whatnot, we all have to represent in the marketplace and even to get in the marketplace you gotta be good no one's gonna no one's gonna want to hear you if you you know if you don't take your craft seriously so whatever you do with it podcasting you know art directing whatever it is as a believer if you're going to represent in the marketplace you do yourself a disservice by not developing the talent that god had the you to 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 partake in and not developing the gift because some people have gifts it comes very easily to them that's something god gave them other people you know they have a talent and they nurture and work on it whatever whatever we all have to to uh you know stir up those gifts and 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 always get better but mm-hmm. yeah 
you got it. You're supposed to be good at what you're doing, especially if you're going to represent for God in the marketplace for sure. And, and it create it yeah. opens up a door, right? Like one of one of my favorite, I guess, media personalities, on screen personalities is uh Chris Broussard. Okay, Fox, right? Yeah, like, we we all sports fans. We we we've been knowing him since ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, you sir. know he. You know, he's dynamic in what he does, his analysis, mm-hmm. his camera, pr- everything, right? But because of that, he gets a platform. Like, in several, mm-hmm. in several moments, I mean, everybody knows he's a sold-out Christian. Yeah. He runs uh-huh. this men's organization, and they do conferences. So, I mean, he's solid, but because he's so good at what he does, it creates an opportunity, you know what I'm saying, for him to share his faith where people can hear him because they you know we relate to him on the sports end we're like man he's dropping some gems you know right so yeah yeah man i think we've we've got to be in these spaces right i mean i think god god needs us to be his voice in these different arenas you know what i mean it's like in this in the space of podcasting he needs some one of us out here to be saying something you know, that that uh, that spreads the gospel, you know, in one way or the other. So in, in film, as you guys are doing, it's important. So um, one of the things that you touched on was was getting better. I was going to save this until later, but I want to go ahead and, and jump on it now. And then we can we can get get a little bit more into the film. But as as individuals operating in the in the film space, how do you continue getting better? Right. That. Like for me, you know, it might be getting better equipment or getting better cameras or, you know what I mean, just taking voice uh, voice coaching or something like that, which is something I intend on doing at some point in the future. But how do you guys continue getting better so that you can be operating in the space and create the kind of contact that really brings a lot of eyes? I know uh, for me, you know, and I'm sure Seiko would agree and he'll chime in, but it it is, it is just kind of what we alluded to earlier. He made a joke, you know, YouTube university, but uh, you know, we live in the information age. And Mm so one of the most beautiful things about being a film, a creative period in this time. So there are no secrets out there. There are no hidden tricks. There are no, the veil has been pulled back. So anything you want to learn about, you can find, it online and it doesn't even have to cost a lot you know what i mean yeah. for real, for real. and so it really is just a matter of again honing your craft so and taking it seriously you can't get better without putting in the time there is no getting around that one of the things i talked about um on another podcast when he talks about acting is that you know i can tell when someone is a trained actor i can tell when someone is just a model who look good on camera and they just put up mm. there. I tell, you know, I can, t- I can tell. And I, you know, it gives me goosebumps when I see someone do some really good work, you know, it's like, Oh, right. okay. They, they doing it. You know, you, even as a casual film, as a casual watcher you of, of, of a film, you can see, Oh, they're, they're good. You know, you can, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, yeah. So it's, 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 it's putting in the time to get better at whatever it is you're doing. So whether it's, if it's acting, there's you can't get around putting in the time to develop as an actor, whether it's if it's if it's filmmaking and filmmaking is so broad. So in one time and one aspect, I'll be looking at um, stuff on lighting and another time I'll be looking at stuff on sound. Another time I'll be looking at stuff on editing. You know, it just it just depends on uh, what the particular aspect of 
me coming from the director standpoint that I want to um, improve my skill set at, but it's a continual thing. It's continually improving your, your skill set. Right. And the, the only thing I'll add, cause that, that was like really good is just when it comes to filmmaking, you just really have to do it. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like you, you just have to continue to put yourself in a situation where you're making films. So Humphrey and I, we work on the media team in our ministry. So, you know, if we're not working on one of our own projects, we're producing stuff for our church. You know, I'm like, I'll pick up my phone and just do something with my daughter, just so I'm always, my mind is always trying to tell a film. And like he said, the veil's been, you know, been pulled back. Like nothing mm-hmm. really stopping you from not only learning, but actually even getting out here and, and doing it, right? You right. buy a cheap camera, you can use, I mean, whole films, including Inherited, which we'll get into, but a vast majority of Inherited was shot on smartphones, right? Like, so there's really no barrier to, you know, and I'm, I'm a, just a big proponent of this, man. Whatever whatever it is you're trying to do, just go do it. You know what right. I'm saying? If you you say you're an actor, man, go go find, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like something to act in. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you go downtown and just act like somebody else to people, you know, <laughs> do something. Right. Just get, get out here. And we really work on whatever it is. And that's the only way you're going to improve, man. Like from doing, you're going to, you're going to learn, you know, what to do in this current situation by the mistakes you made and some of the successes you made in the past. Mm-hmm. So you, you really got to get out here and make stuff happen. For sure. For sure, man. And so to actually get a little bit more into the film, uh, Inherited, again, is the title. Um, how did this film come about right what motivated you to go this direction I, I don't know if either of you have like financial backgrounds or anything like that but what what made you say okay this is a topic that i i really think i want to you know talk about it and go that direction with this particular film <laughs> well i'll 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 kind of dive in here and I'll, I'll try to keep it keep it kind of uh into the financial framework because um, it is it is a very it undergirds the story, right? So right. For, for your for your listeners, Inherited tells the story of a group of siblings, um, and these siblings just happen to be PKs, <laughs> um, preachers' kids. If folks don't know what that is, <laughs> right? But um, but you know they're trying to figure out what to do with their father, right? And uh, which is a very familiar story for many of us. You know, as we get older, our parents are getting older, and you know, be it health, mental, whatever. Uh, we we begin to be become concerned about them, right? Mm-hmm. So this story tells uh, these kids in this real sticky situation with their dad, right? Um, now the 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 seeds though of uh, what the financial piece that kind of undergirds this story were planted um, by our spiritual father, our pastor, Dr. Dana Carson. Um, um, you know, great man of God, um, written several books and. It's transformed my, both of our lives, man. We've been blessed by his wisdom, but he preached a sermon way back in 2009, <laughs> right? Which was the seed. I didn't write this until 2020, but the seeds of this stories were planted by a sermon he preached hmm. in 2009, where he he discussed um, the importance of legacy, right? And um, essentially thinking generationally, right? Like as believers, you know, from a cultural standpoint, from the Jews, they thought generationally like what what can you give to your children's children right like right. you know the whole story of israel was jacob the trickster he he 
what, what was what was the trick? He was trying to he was the younger child trying to get the inheritance that was due to the older child. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. He was trying because. But but culturally, you know, um, the Jewish people thought about, you know, leaving something. Right. And that that sermon, man, it impacted me greatly at the time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even a, a father, but, you know, mentally it just the, the light bulb went off. And I was like, man, I really you know, I've been selfish out in the, you know, out here. Right. Like, yeah. I need- thinking yeah you know how to impact the next generation you know not only financially but from a wisdom standpoint so on and so forth and man and you know breezy i, I mean I, I was so impacted you know what i mean i left from hearing that sermon and i went and you know um, cr- um did an enduring gift um i don't know if hmm. you've ever thought on that i don't know if you know what that is an enduring gift is essentially you can you can leave it to any organization okay. right as a beneficiary for your insurance, right? Um, in, my, in my case, I left it for my church. You know, I'm like, almost as like a last final gift to this ministry that I love and have been committed to. And as a side note, financial thing there, um, black folks at black churches need to do that more. Um, yeah. A lot of these edifices we see that white churches have and well, how this building here with only six people in it. And you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a lot yeah. of it is because people died and they left money you know, for their church, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Right. And we don't do that at all. Right. But, but, but yeah, like I said, I was so impacted. I was like, man, I'm a, I'm a leave a little something for my church as this final, you know, tied and offering building hmm. funds. Right. If, if anything was to ever happen to me. Right. And, um, but yeah, so that was the seeds of the story, but the actual story I just wrote really from a familiar, like I said, place, this was a very, a recognizable situation, right? Worrying about what to do, you know, with your parents, which, you know, I've experienced with my grandmother, experiencing it now with my with my father. Um, my wife has started to deal with it a little bit with her mom. So it, it was a very familiar place. But, you know, it's hard to tell a Black story and not talk about some challenges with money. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come so, on now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> as I started to... to to paint this story out in modern day, yeah, funds is going to always kind of come come into it, man. That's why I'm so glad you jumped at it, bro, on, on the real. Because, I was, man, I, I had been following your podcast. I was like, man, if he sees the film, he'll definitely see, you know, some conversations we can have about money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's how the film kind of um, came into fruition. And then, the, uh, Humphrey, you might can talk because that was just a script. Like, so now bringing it to life, Humphrey can kind of talk a little bit more about about that. Oh, no. I mean, I think you, you answered the question very succinctly. I mean, you know, like <laughs> definitely the last point, you can't talk about, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a black, you can't tell a black story without money being in there somewhere and, and have everything. It's just a byproduct of the, of, you know, no, no pun intended, what we've inherited from the legacy of slavery and, and, and lots of different, um, different challenges that we as a culture have had to endure. But again, the thing with now is, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'll say it, a lot of those barriers, we don't, you know, we kind of put on ourselves these days because the information out there. And so mm-hmm. it's just about, like, like Sekou just said, knowing that, you know, well, first of all, forget knowing that you could leave a part of your life insurance to your church. How about having life insurance? You oh, know, yeah. for- you know, like that's such a like, you know, I don't even want to want to take a look at what the statistics are for, you know, black folk with life insurance policies, you know, mm-hmm. so, it's, you know, there's a little stuff like that. And in the film, it was very important to me that the all of the the actors in there were really just authentic and them expressing their frustration 
questions, their concerns. You know, you got one of the one of the siblings who's kind of you know working a nine to five and she's just getting on her feet and another sibling you know is 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 always busy but she's like a go-getter and then another sibling you know all of them have jobs and so right. when you're dealing with aging parents who's gonna pay for this who's gonna pay for that you know in the film we talk about a little bit and we show a little bit of how the burden often falls on the one sibling who you know in the eyes of the others makes the most money but then mm-hmm. you know that money it may it may look long, but you know you start to add this expense and that expense. You know it can it can it can dry up pretty quickly. And so these are challenges that aren't unique to Black people. All people, uh, you know, baby boomers are those still the largest population mix in the country. And so as they're aging and living longer, everyone has to deal with this if you care about your parents. But right. but the challenge with Black folks. And, uh, you know, particularly, you know, we're talking about black uh, believers, you know, when we tend to be like, well, you know, God going to take care of it. Well, mm-hmm. God, gave, God gives you the ability to gain wealth. So you got to you got to do something for that, oh, yeah. <laughs> for that, for God to, to take care of Big Mom and, and Papa. You know, you got to put in some work there. So it was important for us to really convey those those, you know, in a, you know, in the, in the, in the time span of a short film some of those frustrations and challenges that, that face us. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's interesting, man. Cause it's, for me, it's particularly timing timely because my, uh, my father is actually dealing with this uh, with, with his mother right now, uh, almost the exact situation and how the brothers and sisters are all sort of teaming up to do their part mm-hmm. has been, has been interesting to watch. It's like you, you don't necessarily want to go through because she's got Alzheimer's. So you don't necessarily want to go through that situation, you know, personally. But I mean, it. It gives you a, it informs you on how like how you would even think about dealing with that, you know, sometime down the road. Right. Because, you know, God willing, uh, we all continue to, to get older here and they they live a long life. At some point, you're going to have to deal with them dissipating, mm-hmm. you know, in some yeah. form or fashion, whether that be physically or mentally, you know what yeah. I mean? So it was, it was incredibly timely. Uh, we just got some news about her over the weekend. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been an interesting, you know, just journey here, man, that you come, I'm coming to this and I'm, I'm babbling, but it's so much, so many things going yeah, on no, in my no, head it, right now. <laughs> but, but what you're like, as we've been kind of screening this film, it's similar, man. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we we did it for a mixed crowd last week, right? It was a, for, you know, we had been primarily showing it to black folks. We we did it to a a crowd of whites and blacks last week, and um, yeah, it's it's the same reactions, man. Everybody's here, man. Like you're yeah. from age, and um, it, it's it's real. You got to deal with it, man. And what's interesting, I, I'll, I'll slightly kind of take it kind of down this route, right? It from a financial standpoint, culturally, like Humphrey had touched on. Like we're not as prepared and it really ends up somewhat crippling us financially. Right. Yes. Like if, if we don't have it together, like it's, it's going to fall on somebody. You know what I'm saying? And oh, it's, yeah. It's, exactly. Yeah. So, and it's, so you, you know, we're the generation that has been the most educated. Um, we've done the best. We've been able to work, you know, free really of any um, uh, essentially impacts at least. Well, now I can't say any, but, 
not as much impact of slavery and Jim Crowism. Right, you know, right. so we've been able to do better, right? But you know, from a real practical level, you know, how does a couple, you know, that that's trying to strive for financial independence deal with? Uh, now we got to take care of your mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like we, yeah. you know, and if if she didn't prepare, now we got to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And now how does that impact us taking care of our, our house now? You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're, we, we're often sometimes, especially as believers at a crossroad, right? Because the Bible says we got to honor our mother, you know, our, you know, our parents, right? you know what I'm saying? So our days can be long. So you want to do that. But then in contrast, the Bible also says like your parents should be operating with the wisdom of leaving something for you, mm-hmm. which means they should be preparing. Right. So, I often tell my wife, like the best thing we could do for our daughter is to for her not to have to take care of us financially. You know, yeah. what I'm saying? like that's all like that's the because that's going to impact her leaving something for her next generation, you know, in some kind of way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, man. So it's I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad like it's, you know, Humphrey and I were like we're the reactions of people that are seeing the film is like, man, not only are they in the situation, it's causing them to really think about how to, you know, how to, you know, maneuver in the situation. Cause of- oh yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's like, as I'm sitting there, right. I'm not personally dealing with a parent that's going through that, but again, it, it puts your, your mind in that, in that mindset where you're like, okay, how would I deal with that? And then you have to start playing that out. And as you start playing that out and you, you know, you might begin to do research and you come upon different pieces of information, right? Like you guys mentioned, uh, like life insurance, man. In just studying this industry, you'll find that a lot of wealth has been created off life insurance policies. Like you don't want to really, you know, there's whole sectors of the film industry that's based on people trying to get the life insurance policy, <laughs> you know what I mean? After their parents pass away by uh, by hook or by crook, you know what I mean? So um, it's it's that impactful, right? Or it can be that impactful. And, and for our community, it's um, it's just something that, that, that hasn't been utilized enough uh, because mm-hmm. it can definitely, you know, you don't want to, you don't want your parents to go, you know, we, none of us want, our parents to go unless they're, you know, suffering or, you know, something along those lines. But um, on the flip side of that, those life insurance policies can, can really make things make that process so much smoother and just so much simpler and, and less stressful, man. Cause you know, I've, I've seen people deal with those situations and not have that sort of preparation, but I've also been blessed to see, uh, you know, parents or grandparents or whatever the case may be, having those plans in place and how much smoother that made the process for, for all the, uh, the children. So it's, um, it's definitely important, man. And I, and I'm, I'm so appreciative that you guys uh, decided to, to put this energy and effort into this project because it's such an important conversation. And I'm, I'm happy that <laughs> that you guys chose this platform to, to come in and talk about it a little bit, man. So, so, so thank you. Now that sounds kind of like you're, the, the you're, 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 you're enlightening me. I want to hear more about how wealth was built through insurance policy. Oh, I'm, hold on. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. You know I'm saying got the keys. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, so you, so if you think about it, just kind of might kind of make it simple. So, X individual has life insurance policy for so so many 
hundreds of thousands, might be millions, you know, whatever the case is there, they pass away, gets passed down. And then without having to do anything, if you've got brothers and sisters, you have to split it, of course. But um, now you've just got this influx of, of cash, you know what I mean? And um, that can be used if you're educated to continue, you know, building wealth. So that's just a kind of a, a general, I was going to say, general yeah, uh, that's the key. That's the key right there, though, what you just said, if you're educated. And so it's yep. important as, as, as parents that we don't just, yes, we are being responsible and having a life insurance policy, but then like say cool alluded to, uh, you know, you want to make sure that, that your child knows what to do with that money. Like you don't oh, want to, yeah. you don't, you don't want to be a financial burden to your children at old age. And if you set your things up correctly, you know, when you're older, you have some things in place, you know, to, to, to help that they'll be financially astute enough to handle not only what they own, what they make in their own, you know, in their, with their own money and, and their financial literacy. But when you do pass, cause it's going to happen mm-hmm. and, you, and you send them down a chunk of, you know, like you said, this influx of cash, you know, uh, they don't uh, take it and and, and 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 blow it like we've seen so many athletes, lottery winners. You know, what I mean, it's like it's it's that financial intelligence piece has to be that. That's almost as valuable as the influx of cash itself. That's a fact because, and I talk about this all the time on the podcast. Man, you just mentioned it. People win the lottery every day in some form of fashion, right? Whether that be they make it to the league or they literally win the lottery or they go to the casino and then win a bunch of money. And you hear so many stories of people who've won these lotteries losing it in mm-hmm. the following year, right? And so, like you said, that the, the information and the, the ability to utilize that information is just as important as having the resources, right? Because if you don't have the information, if all you know is to save your money, well, what does that really mean? You know what I mean? So just having your money as a savings account is not going to it's not going to do the trick you know, in the, in the long run. So, um, yeah, gotta definitely gotta have, you know, the information and the ability to utilize that man. But, um, in, in terms of the process, how long did it take you guys to, to make this, you know, I know you talked about, uh, using iPhone cameras and things like that. What, what all kind of went into, to creating this film? Uh, I know. Uh, so say uh, you know, he's, I say he's a, he's an idea machine. And so we were sitting around, you know, we had already had put a lot of, um, time into developing a script that we were going to shoot. It was going to be, you know, you kind of a typical you know, live, uh, when I say live action, when the action film, but it was going to be a traditional, you know, going to be in a location and, and shoot it and all that. And then boom, pandemic hit. Right. And so we're sitting around like, Oh man, what are we going to do? And say had been watching. Um, he watches, you know, he consumes a lot of content and he saw a series, a television series that he was a, a fan of and they did a whole, um, episode virtual, and so he got the idea. It was like, man, we can we can do this. You know, we can we mm-hmm. can make this. And then uh, one of the, one of the directors that we that we both like, Steven Soderbergh. You know, he does the Ocean's Eleven movies and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So he did a movie, a whole film on an iPhone. And we saw that was like, oh, okay, now we could definitely. I mean, we could put something together. So right. Sekou went to the lab, wrote the script. 
I don't know how, I don't know how long it took to write that script. I don't, I don't think it was. I mean, I think we from beginning to end, soup to nuts, and maybe what three three weeks maybe of to develop the whole thing. Cool. How long did it take to write that to get that script together? Like so, what's funny? We we threw this conference at our church in July, and um, Humphrey had sent me a video to edit. Real super hilarious video. You know, imagine twenty twenty, right? We mm-hmm. all at home scared. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, we did this video super hilarious. I edited it. So that was a week before our conference in early July. And, mm-hmm. and we were doing casting calls in August. So in mid-August. So I know it only took a to answer the question, it only took a couple of weeks, really. To yeah, write. It didn't take long. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, but the, yeah, to write it, the writing part was definitely quick. Um, but yeah. Um, I think from I think from from writing to casting, because again, we're doing everything virtually. So it's a little it was new territory for the both of us and for the actors as well. I don't think we had any of the actors that audition ever do it's very early in the pandemic. So they a lot of them had not done virtual auditions yet, definitely hadn't done a whole a whole movie uh or series virtually yet. I think maybe one had, but you know, so it was it was new territory for 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 all of us. And so you know, we cast it virtually, you know, we virtually, we, you know, did the rehearsals virtually, um, you know, of course, directing and all that virtually at the actors working together. And during off times, of course, they were doing that virtually. And I think, could we shot that? When did we, sh- I can't, my memory fails me, but I think from, from soup to nuts, it took. Yeah, no, we shot it in one weekend, all virtual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, right. And, uh, yeah, a good portion of it. And then the, the one scene, that was, it was two scenes in person. Mm-hmm. We shot those on another day, but that that might have been half a day, maybe, mm-hmm. right? Um, to shoot those. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but no. So I mean, total I was, time, what about a couple months? Yeah, well, it, it's it spanned a couple months to because we had a break time in there. But I mean, I would I would say total hours. We we talking about two three days to shoot everything for this film. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's interesting. Time, your your ten your ten hour your typical eight to ten hour kind of days right yeah it was it was like I said because it was virtual you know like I said we shot and maybe three days it might be two days honestly because yeah. I think one ten hour day covered all the virtual stuff and then yeah the, the virtual two, stuff went quick yeah that went quick and then the um the the two scenes we had to shoot that was probably about a full day so about two days to mm-hmm. shoot the whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, from from writing to filming to editing, maybe two months total. You think if that if that long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah editing definitely about yeah. Add another month or so. Yeah, two three months. Hmm. Yeah, no. Editing <laughs> is a uh, not not one of my favorite yeah. pastimes. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's to the point where I like. I mean, we spent so much time looking at the film and tweaking it. And, yeah, I'm we just had to stop. I don't even want to watch it no more. Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just we just throw our hands up like, hey, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. It, it, into thine hands, God, we commit this. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! I, I know, I know that feeling all too well, man. It's. I remember when I when I first started recording podcasts, I used to spend hours, like meticulously, going through, like. <laughs> every second trying to oh, mm-hmm. what's that sound right there let me take that out all this all this stuff that i was doing and i was like you know what man uh this time around when i started this podcast i'm like man i'm just gonna record 
and I'm just gonna let it fly. I'm a I'm gonna edit a little bit, but for the most part, I'm gonna just let it fly and get it out there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, man, got to because you know if you if you do that, I think it can it can become crippling to a certain extent. Like I think as as creatives. There's always, and you know, especially if you want to actually be good at something, you're always going to find a little piece of something here and there oh, that yeah. you think can be improved in some kind of way. And so, you know, if you spend that much time in those kind of details, it can uh, it can really bog down the process. And you know, that's just like the director on Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. He says he's like he's like every film he's made finds his way to break his heart. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I he's feel never. That. And the people love the stuff, but he's never pleased with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah. that. yeah. I and it's, that worse, and, and it's worse when you like, uh, you know, because I've I've done some stuff, and you know, from the acting side, and look back at the finished product, and be like, kind of cleans it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I didn't, but you know, some stuff's out of your control, of course. Um, but like, like who said, even you know, as Ron Howard said, there's always something in there. That, I mean, even in this film, I love this film. I think it's, it's, it's definitely um, uh, one of our best, if not our best work to date. Um, but even I see stuff I'm like, Ugh, but people don't even see that stuff. Like you said, I mean, people, mm-hmm. people are not are not paying attention to the little, you know, the little uh, bumps and little sounds and stuff that you hear. But as a right. profession, you do want to always be trying to get it right. So, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, you definitely don't want it to cripple you and stop you from being productive. You never want to get stuck. I put it like that. Yeah, exactly, man. So um, what what lessons, if any, did you say you guys learned in the process of, of shooting and, and creating this film, you know, financially, Otherwise, you know, what, what were some things that, that you sort of um, turn the light switch on in your head? I, I would just say, man, really em- embrace your constraints, man. Sometimes in life, man, the, the, the worst thing you could have is too many options. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like it mm-hmm. causes you analysis of paralysis, overthink, yep. you know, it frees up. But, you know, when you're constrained, you know what I mean? Like, you know, genius comes out, right? Like it's you know, you hear stories about like, you know, take Jay-Z, like, you know, these great albums, or Tupac, I'll use Tupac, these great all eyes on me, right? Like, I'm a 90s kid. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Recorded in like, like, he got out of jail one week, he records all eyes on me. Yeah. You know what? You know, like, it wasn't, he, he boxed himself in, said, I'm gonna do an album right here this week. You know what I'm saying? So for us, like, we were constrained, man, by a p- pandemic that, that impacted us all and mm-hmm. this story would have never been birthed you know had we not had the constraints you know what i mean like we can't get that's together. amazing you know what i'm saying like we yeah. can't like, you know we got to keep everybody safe we don't have the tyler perry budget mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying <laughs> to to, right. to bring people in and get them covid tested and keep up you have quarters for them to live and, mm-hmm. and all like we ain't got none of that we just yeah. have just we want to tell a story and and like i said out of this it was birthed. And so that, that would be the advice I would give, man, like embrace your constraints, man. And sometimes like you gotta, you know, <laughs> like you, you gotta intentionally give yourself a constraint. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. crap. On my college days, some days I would wait to the last day to study. Like, and like, and like, I would be laser focused. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, had I 
pace myself. Like I'm, I would have been a little lazy with it. And, you know, I'm going to study a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. When, when you box yourself into that corner, man, I, I, I really believe greatness can come out of it, man. And, and that that's what happened. And what was one of my greatest lessons with, with this film. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, man, I have to co-sign that for sure. Cause you know, we kind of went through that, not kind of, we definitely went through that together when the pandemic hit, you know, it, we could, we could have either said, well, we'll just wait uh, until it's over and we'll shoot the film we had in our heads, <laughs> not knowing that, you know, you know, how, how, how long are these going to be? What? Six weeks, six months. Okay, well, you know, if we had said that, we'd still be waiting because there is no post-COVID. You know what I mean? COVID is still here. And so you can either allow constraints that happen and problems that come up or situations that arise to stop you or get you stuck, or you can you can maneuver and pivot and make moves to to bring whatever's in your head come to pass. And so that's for any creative you know, any creative or just anyone in general, you know, whether you're, I don't care if you're an accountant, you know, a truck driver, whatever, mm-hmm. there's all to be an obstacle. There's always going to be something. And especially if you're a believer, there is a whole enemy that is, that's all they're thinking about is how to stop you and how to get you frustrated to the point where you give up and quit on everything, including God. Uh, I won't take an offering, but uh, I'm just telling you, like that's <laughs> whatever that. it is, whatever it is that you do, whether it be a nine to five or an entrepreneur or whatever, you know, if you feel that it's something that you're, that, that God has put on your heart to do, whether it be, especially in ministry too, because there's so many people who work nine to fives and who are very, or entrepreneurs and are very involved in church and this pandemic has everybody not going to church mm-hmm. and it's virtual and that, you know, but whatever it is that God pointed to do, you know, to do, God has not changed. So this pandemic doesn't change the call in your life, doesn't change whatever he's talented and gifts you to do. So you have to pivot with whatever that constraint is and make it go. And definitely I say, Ku said, that's, that was such a, a, a real lesson learned for us as we, you know, being creatives, having to, you know, having to d- tell these stories in this, you know, post COVID world, which doesn't exist. There's no such thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. No, COVID has been an interesting test on on several levels, man. Family, financially, and it's it's just been so interesting that it, it has actually sparked a lot of really good conversations. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, especially during that period from what March 2020 to probably the end of of, of that of that particular year. There was a lot, a lot of people who looked like us were were having conversations that they never Mm -hmm. had before because they saw. And that's the, 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 you know, the gift and the curse of of social media. You kind of see everything. Right. But that was part of the gift is that you could see people going from zero to 100. You know what I mean? Very true. (laughs) Yeah. How many people did you see just on Twitter, like when, what's the girl comes to mind? She does the Friday parking lot thing. Um, I know y'all know her. Mm. Uh, there's this girl on Twitter. She does this Friday thing where she would just sit down and in, in, in a look like she's in a forest mm-hmm. <laughs> and sit down and she'll sip tea and she'll just riff on, 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 on con, you know, black issues. Yeah. And now she's about to have a show. 
You know, there are, there are plenty of like, I can think of so many people who, you know, during the pandemic, they, again, they just were creatives and they said, okay, well, let me just, I'm in the house. Let right. me just make and you know their gifts made room for them you know mm. their talents made room so you know and and some of these people are believers some of them are not but you know the point is like you just said you know when i say cool alluded to when you have a constraint when you have you know particularly with this covid thing is 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 put us all in this this box if you will um you know you gotta just go you gotta go in and, and yeah. not be afraid you know not give it give over to the spirit of fear just go in and make it go yeah no that was that constraint too man it's like you know you think joseph man he got thrown in a pit you know Mm -hmm. that was like like yeah it got him to egypt you know what i'm saying which got him into jail (laughs) but then that jail (laughs) would be the second in command right like all of that the palace baby yeah we got got to change our perspective on you know where we are you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. Yeah, we 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 can as humans and and uh, <laughs> we can just find ourselves focusing on on the journey so much, right? The negative aspects of the journey, I should say, where it, it's really like, hey, man, once you once you get to where God is trying to take you, and then you look back at all of that, you're gonna appreciate every single obstacle and issue that that came up along the way because it it's all meant to sculpt you to get you yeah. know to where where you where he is trying to take us at the end of the day man so um it yeah no it's it's crazy because um with with the covid thing everybody's stuck in the house um you've got this sort of financial this black financial renaissance happening and then you've got the George Floyd thing that that happens um and it, it it was so interesting to me because I sat back and I, I looked at all of those things happening and I was like, man, God is speaking right now mm. because there's no way that we all ended up in the house. And, and like Humphrey was saying, we just we're we're with our thoughts now and all we can do is think. And so it forced the world, you know, to look at racial issues mm-hmm. to look at our finances and and from that it's it's birthed a lot of creative processes and and people saying okay now okay I've, I've lost my job and there's no going back to it because the job either doesn't exist right now or it, it may mm-hmm. not ever exist again but the bills don't stop coming so I gotta figure something out right and so um again that just gets back to these, if we if we stay focused on that negative part of the journey, right, we might get stuck in in a space where where we don't need to get stuck because God's trying to take us somewhere. And and out of out of all of that, out of all these trials, tribulations, obstacles, issues that have come up during this whole COVID uh, situation and pandemic, um, it, it's it's forced a lot of us to really sit back and say. Okay, it's time to get it for real and, and try mm-hmm. to figure out how to make things happen, man. So, um, yeah, it, it's been it's been cool, and and the seeing that you guys made this during COVID, that was one of the one of the big things that I noticed uh, kind of instantly is just that um, how it was shot. I watched this show called, and I think one of you mentioned this earlier. I watched this show called um, The Blacklist, and they 
it was funny because the season started and it was regular. Then you can kind of tell pandemic hit and then they did something interesting and they had to do like a virtual episode. But part of the part of the episode had been shot and then part of it hadn't. So the pieces that had been shot, they released them and then they filled in the blank with like cartoons. It was it was it was. It was the weirdest thing to see, but it just goes to show how people were adapting to to the to the scenario. Right. I think about how this film might have looked if, you know, this wasn't the situation. But I think it's even more interesting that you guys powered through and decided to to get this thing done with everything that was going on. man. so so kudos to you both. That was man. Honestly, some of it was. uh, um Humphrey's directorial touch, man, to tell you the value of a good director. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was cloaked in what we all was experiencing in the midst of the pandemic too, right? You know, I can't, you know, I don't know if you remember D- DJ D-Nice was doing these parties. We was having birthday parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, it was this whole yeah. culture that, that came in 2020. Yep. You know, it was real. we had fully embraced, this is how we're going to connect. So I think it was real good like I wrote it, but then like how we kind of kept it into this world of screens was mm-hmm. also it's like it was indicative of 2020. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like, like so, um, yeah, man. And it and it felt so it felt real. Like when you're watching it, you don't feel like you're watching a movie. You feel like you're watching siblings communicate. And I and I thought that was uh one of the more interesting parts of it, you know, outside of the the topic, but just the the craftsmanship of it and, and how it, it comes off, it just it just gave it that real authentic feel, man. So, oh, man. so that was I'm interesting. Cheesy. I'm cheesy right now because that's that's exactly what we were going for. It's like that we wanted to feel mm. like you, the audience, as an audience watching it, that you're butting into this, like you're a fly on the wall. You know, you just happen to be privy to this conversation. That was super important um, for that, for that to uh, to get that feeling across. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm cheesy right now to, to hear you. <laughs> that's uh, cool. That's that blesses me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It, it definitely you guys succeeded one hundred percent. I feel like in and what you were trying to to get across and convey, and then just being you know almost a, a participant. You know what I mean <laughs> in the conversations, and you know again, it puts you in that mind frame of how would I handle this situation? And mm-hmm. I'm I, I tried to have my mom tried to have this conversation with me years ago before I was kind of in the headspace that I'm in now. And um, I, I just wasn't having it. <laughs> it's like, nah, <laughs> you know, you're all right. We'll, we'll talk about that in, a, in, in some, in some years, you know, decades or something like that. We'll have this conversation. But um, you know, when all this kicked off, when the pandemic um, kicked off, we actually did sit down and have this kind of conversation. Cause it was, you Good. know, at the time you were just, we didn't really know, you know, what was going on. You know, we didn't know how to maneuver, you know, in and out of the, these different situations. So it was kind of like, Good. you know, people were dying that you wouldn't have expected to, to, to pass from it. So it was like, okay. Um, all right. This is this conversation that's kind of, you know, it has to be had and um, gotta have it. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not trying to throw off on nobody, but black, I'm talking to my people, black folk, we got to quit being scary. Yeah. got to quit saying, no, my, my papa good. Or, you know, mama, mm-hmm. you know, mama good. She always going to be around. You've got to quit. Like, yes, nobody wants their right. loved one to way to get you know physically or mentally you know uh ill or whatever but we've got to have those tough conversations and like say kulu to earlier prepare like you've got to prepare for that time because it is coming there is no way you know you would hope it's coming you hope mm-hmm. your parents get right. be taken care of because the, the the antithesis of that is they've gone and you know they're not around so if you want you know your parents to be around prepare to financially prepare and there's emotional and, and, and lots of you know, emotional things that go into that as well, because when you're caring for an aging parent, your whole life really does change, not just financially, but, you know, with your time and, and emotionally as well. But uh, the biggest piece, uh, in my opinion, is that financial piece. And so if you prepare, you have those tough conversations early enough and you both or all of you, whether you have siblings or just one parent or two, if you're all in agreement and can come to a, a game plan and say, hey, mm-hmm. this worst case scenario this is, you know, best case scenario and just just really have that those those tough conversations and plan ahead. You really can make, you know, the last, you know, 15, 10, whatever long is going to be of 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 a loved one's life comfortable. And that's and that's the thing. Yeah, maybe some financial little bit of financial stress on you. But if you prepare long enough, it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that for sure. Right. Right, man. And that is. Important, right? Because one of the worst times to have a financial conversation is during a period of grief. It's it's probably the worst time in life to try and sit down and have a bunch of financial conversations with people when people are sad and can't think straight and you've got all that kind of stuff happening. So having sitting down and having that conversation preemptively um, can, pre- can prevent, um, hopefully, you know, a lot of um, negative situations between family members because lord knows we've you know i'm sure we've all kind of seen some some things go left when it comes to family and death yep no that's real talk but also just one little tidbit in there even before death right so um my father we found out my father was was essentially pre-dementia financially Right. Where mm. he essentially stopped paying his bills. And my dad, mm. my dad is a real on the nose, old school. He come from that era of you. You pay the bill before it's due. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yep. like this was a big deal. Right. But like so for him to go months without paying bills was like, wow, what what happened? Like and, you know, and speaking about being proactive, like we spent weeks just trying to get access to his account so we can start paying some of the bills you know what i'm saying so and that that speaks to the proactive so yeah there's preparing for death but then also having these conversations you know beforehand can help you in the living in some sticky situations as well right like you know so having that living will power of attorney all that stuff in play you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying at least to begin the conversations of what would happen right um is like very very important yeah, no, probate 
is something that we all want to stay away from. We don't want to have to go through the, the process of, of obtaining a loved one's assets. And, uh, you know, you're already sad. And to have to, you know, go and have an argument at the courthouse with the, <laughs> with the, with the judge and the clerks oh, and stuff like that about getting oh, that stuff you know, I've had a lot of those uh, just in the brokerage industry. I've had those conversations. People call in, you know, somebody's passed away and, you know, trying to do this, that, and the third. And it's kind of like, I mean, they they didn't have any beneficiary. So, mm. I don't, you know, it, it's one of those, it's one of those conversations where you just kind of like, you know, I, I wish I could help, but there's not really, not really much I can do. And it, you know, it's, you know, you, you hate to have the conversation because you know what comes now or what comes next, you know, now that, now that we know beneficiaries aren't in place or a, a trust or a will or something isn't set up, you know, so you've got to have one of those things, hopefully all of them, you know, working to working together in unison on some level, but um, yeah, no, no probate. We, we want to stay far away from that because when you're dealing with when you're dealing with the court and how slow that stuff can move sometimes, you you know, it may be years and wow. you may be broke by the time you get access to to what they they might have or you find out what they had access to and it and it doesn't help. So <laughs> you know it's crazy situations, man. Man, you hey listen, man, this is a good conversation right here, bro, that people need to hear. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, you putting, you know, like no, you 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 dropping some real, like some real gems, man. Because we don't talk about this stuff, man. It's unfortunate. Not at all. It's it's real unfortunate, and even on a lot of the financial stuff, like we we get into the investing and all that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, this stuff is equally as important. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we all want to talk about making the money, but sometimes the keeping the money or you know what I mean? Maintaining yeah. the finances uh, once we hit a certain point is, um, you know, just as important as is, is learning how to make it and then learning how to make it work for you. So we we definitely got to have these conversations, man. But um, hey, I could I've kept you guys. I, I don't know. It's it my. But yeah, I've kept you guys probably long enough. You probably have have, have better things uh, to do and, and to get to and family to tend to. Uh, so I want to kind of, you know, wrap wrap things up a little bit here. So do you guys have any suggestions for, you know, for those out there who might be trying to get into film or or, or just doing anything creatively? Do you have any any suggestions, uh, you know, for for people out there who are just starting out? Man, I would just uh, yeah. to university, man. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in 2022, like, yeah. If you if you want to learn something and and you don't learn, at least begin the process, you don't really want to know. Mm-hmm. It sound it it sound good maybe to tell people you're gonna get into that, but but like I mean I like literally I was Google today how to break a wall because I'm thinking of, I'm looking to find a house. <laughs> And um, we might, I looked at one of the rooms and I was like, I might break this wall down. I just Googled it, found a video and I'm listening, looking at a video of how to break a wall down. I ain't going to break it, but I'm just, I'm learning what would the contractor that would do it. Right. So, I mean, Google is like, like any question you have, like you can begin to learn about it and, and really in debt, man, people are making content to teach you stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So just get out here and, 
and absorb what you can on, you know, start with the Google search engine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, you know, just to add to that, you know, keeping in the in the realm of talking about believers, man, um, bathe everything in prayer, you know, bathe everything in prayer, whatever you're looking to do as a creative, understand that, as we mentioned earlier, you're doing it. And if God has gifted you or allowed you to have the talent to develop, he's put you in that position so that you can be in the marketplace. We talk about the marketplace. That's where ideas are exchanged. Goods are exchanged. And so just get started, hone your craft, develop your craft, bathe everything in prayer and truly allow God to direct your path. Because what you can't do this comparative analysis thing. You can't say, Oh, well, the black wealth on the God podcast ain't as big as so-and-so's podcast. You can't mm-hmm. start doing that. You know, you have to carve out, your lane, find your niche, and God will send the people that are for you to you. Right. And that be what it is supposed to be for you. And the and the main thing we always want to do is hear when we pass, job well done. And mm-hmm. so you want to hear job well done in the path that God laid out for you. But when you start doing that comparative analysis thing, it it, it can drive you up a wall and, and, and have you listening to something other than, or someone other than the Holy spirit. You don't even want to, you don't even start that mess. You don't want to start listening to yourself or your flesh or your ego mm-hmm. that, you know, you really want to make sure that you're doing everything unto God and, and being proud of your work. You know, for if, if you only got, a couple of people that, that, that consume whatever you're producing. If, if it's, if it's unto God and it's something you could be proud of, then keep at it. You know, God will send more people to it. Yeah, man. And I, I want all of, all of the listeners right now, right now, man, do not miss that faith, everything in prayer. That is so important. So important. But man, um, Sekou Humphrey, Again, man, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for being flexible, uh, working with me on, on the time and everything. I know we had to, to move the dates around a little bit, and, uh, but but I, I'm so happy we had this conversation, man. And I look forward to, to staying uh, tapped in with, with you guys and seeing what you both have coming. And, uh, you know, speaking of things to come, where can people find, uh, find both of you or uh, continue to follow along with the content that you guys are creating? Cool. Um you can find me on IG at Koo Brown, K-O-U-B-R-O-W-N-E. On Facebook at Say Koo Brown, that's S-E-K-O-U, Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E. Um, where, you know, there you'll find all the information of, you know, us, re- you know, re- we're going to eventually release Inherit It um, online so people will be able to see the film we were discussing. Um, but then you'll also hear from, from, from my personal page and Humphreys as well, um, information about our, our production company, Color Coded Films. Um, you know, so stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely, definitely stay tuned for that. And uh, I'm on Instagram, any pretty much any platform, um, Instagram, uh, Facebook at Humphrey Brown 3, that's H U M P H R E Y B R O W N, and the number three. And so, um, yeah, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and again, like Seku said, we're we're getting a lot of the color coded content together and trying to get it all in one place. And so, be looking on our personal pages for the stuff that will be linking to the color coded content coming very soon. 
Excellent. Well, hey, man, uh, again, thank you both for coming on. I'm, I'm going to let you both go and, and get back to your families and, and get back to, to life. And maybe you can go go get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that time. Hold on, yes, time? sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> You talking for yourself right there. Like, I'm hungry. These guys oh, talking. Hey, man, look. <laughs> look, man, I I I went so I went to uh, to get something to eat and uh last was the last night and um it, it didn't agree with me. <laughs> so oh, no. today's been rough. So I haven't eaten all day, so I I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> Redeem the time, my brother. Redeem the time. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed, man. Well, well you both, uh, you guys both take care, Ben. Uh, let's let's keep in contact, man. I'd love to, to stay in, uh, to stay tapped in with you guys and just continue to follow the journey and and we can continue to, to build this relationship, man. Absolutely. No doubt. Thank you so much. God bless you, man. God bless you both. Take care, man. Easy, man. All right, guys, that was episode number 43 of the Black Wealth and a God podcast with Sekou Brown and Humphrey Brown III. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. I thought it was great. Hopefully you feel the same. If you did, please be sure to let us know by leaving a five star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, You can also leave a a, a review as well if, if you so choose. And it would be greatly appreciated on Apple Podcasts. You can, you know, write write a little words of an encouragement, or if you guys have any episode ideas, um, thoughts, prayers, um, have any special requests, you can let me know that way. I can also be reached um, at God at gmail.com, along with God on Facebook and Instagram. So be sure to stay tapped in there. Um, if you guys are listening on a platform that does not allow ratings or reviews to be left, Please feel free to share uh, to support the podcast by sharing the Instagram or Facebook pages with with those you think the information might be useful for or just share it. <laughs> so, you know, I think some it'll somebody will see it that can use the information. Right. So share the links to the pod, share the links to the to the pages, the social media pages, things like that. Be sure to follow me uh, at Black Wealth Under God on TikTok as well, because we are we are there and learning the platform. Uh, so with that being said, man, you guys um, stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. Be blessed. Bathe everything in prayer. Stay vigilant. Stay creative. Stay on it. Keep getting money. (laughs) Keep learning about money. Keep being financially literate. And uh, yeah, man, take care. In Jesus' name, peace.